the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 52, and our guest is Chris Osborne. Chris is a visual artist based in Orlando, Florida. She's also my best friend, my muse, my partner in life, and the most incredible human being I know. Chris is honest, intelligent, hardworking, hilarious, everything you would want in a friend and a partner. She's also a filmmaker, a painter, a woodworker, a singer, truly an artist in every sense of the word. Her latest collection of art is called Dressed in Marble, and it will be on display at the Hammered Lamb in Orlando, Florida, beginning on March 12th. Chris will be on hand that night to talk about her art, and uh, all of the paintings, along with prints of some select pieces, will be on sale. Um, I'll be there, too. It'd be great to see some marinators out there supporting Chris's art. If you can't make it, or even if you can, and you want to find all things Chris Osborne, go over to chrisosborne.com, K-R-I-S-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Also, check out our Etsy store, etsy.com slash shop slash real artistic, R-E-E-L artistic, where you can buy gorgeous functional art like cheese boards, coasters, and light switch covers. Also, follow her work on social media at Real Artistic, again, R-E-E-L Artistic, where you can get a, a double dose of the official puppy of the marinade, Nonsense Osborne Earl, but also you can follow her creative process. Chris is really good about showing the stages of her paintings and her woodworking, and she's a really good follow uh, over on Instagram and on Facebook, but especially on Instagram. 
The song you're hearing in this episode is our interpretation of uh, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game, which is the result of a few glasses of wine and the two of us wanting to jam. Uh, Chris is my favorite singer. That's how we met originally. Uh, that's me on guitar that you hear in the recording and Chris on ukulele and vocals. I'm always honored to get a chance to play with her. All right, y'all, I'm a dum-dum, so the first part of our conversation is cut off. Uh, Chris was answering a question about her mother's influence on her art when I finally got my shit together. So you're going to miss out on a couple of funny off-mic moments, but if you like what you hear, I bet I can convince her to sit down for another chat. And in the meantime, I'm going to shut up now. Go to chrisosborne.com, follow her on social media, at Real Artistic. Everybody, this is such an honor. My conversation with my best friend in the world, Chris Osborne. To have it in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I wouldn't say that she pushed me towards it or anything like that. She mostly pushed me towards anything I was interested in. So that one I chose, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I hope I got that first part because um, there was some good stuff, and I don't know what I'm doing with my recorder. So if I fucked that up, I'm so sorry. It's your first day because there was some gold. No, but I'm trying to get one. fancy as fuck with this podcast, and I thought you would be the perfect first fancy as fuck guest. Oh, so I am the guinea pig. Yeah, how's it feel? Yeah, fine. Okay. Um, you also grew up in the church. Yes. And um, I'm curious about what your upbringing in the church, like what impact that had either positive, negative, or neutral on the creative process for you? Um, I don't know. I would say some of it is negative. Mm. Um, I loved drawing naked women really quickly in mm. my life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my first practice was like drawing my own porn when I was a very young child. Mm-hmm. Um, so that had a lot of guilt associated with it. Mm-hmm. So the things that I would want to draw, I wouldn't. Um, and especially not, I wouldn't like show anyone anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess women's faces is what I would gravitate towards. But maybe if I didn't have that guilt, I would have drawn or painted much more frequently. Hmm. Cause I wonder if maybe the fact that you had to, I wonder if there was some kind of impact, um, just in the sense that you kind of had to keep it hidden. Yeah. Like, but I guess what I mean is that may have added to, I wonder if that fueled it in any way. The fact that it was kind of taboo it was secret. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think I would have been that kid that was just drawing constantly. Mm hmm. If I didn't have any sort of negative guilt in my mind, mm-hmm. as if there's positive guilt. Um, <laughs> well, that's a, we could explore <laughs> that too. God, I've, we have had more than one conversation about guilt in our <laughs> relationship. Um, but I, so maybe I would have practiced more if I could have done it more openly. But that's kind of weird, like as a if I just like if if I had a, I don't have a child, obviously you would know about it. <laughs> what <Would> I? <laughs> but if I if my kid was like 
drawing penises all the time, I'd be like, stop drawing penises all the time. <laughs> but maybe they are fascinated by this and they'd grow up painting penises. I Yeah, I have a feeling you would have a conversation about penises then. I think yeah, I don't think you would say stop doing it. I think you would say, All right, look, if you're gonna draw penises, let's talk about penises. Let's get and- the shading right. Let's get the shading right. Let's make sure that nope, there none of them are that big. Nope, nope. That's a cartoon. Yeah. Um, and I think you also, so you you would have the conversation about about why are you drawing the penises, and I think you would that it would lead to some healthy discussion. That's a good point. Yeah. So I yeah, I mean I think also the thing I was thinking when I asked the the religion question was. There were some outlets that now we kind of joke about or whatever, but I think there were some outlets within the church, the human video stuff, for example. For can sure. You, yeah. Can you explain what human video was? Because I, I, I doubt can't. I doubt most people know. I can't explain what a human video is. <laughs> human video is like a pantomime uh, to a song, uh, normally a Christian song, if not a secular song that you can misconstrue the words to be about Jesus. <laughs> like There's, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Sure. <laughs> yep. It's been done. Uh, they, they got disqualified. But uh, kids in the Christian church will compete with human videos. And I went pretty far and got fourth in nationals. In the nation, everyone. In the nation. Small group human video. Long there were four two, contestants. Two thousand two, maybe there was there was five contestants. <laughs> um, since I've known you, like a lot of things, you can't cheat and look at the oh, questions. Oh, I'm not. I can't read. It's upside down anyway. Yeah. Um. Are the since I've known you a lot, there I've seen a lot of evolution in your art and um your creative outlets because you are like a manic creative that you're constantly creating and and you're constantly creating beautiful work and it feels like when we first met uh over six years ago it seems like the focus at the time you were in film school Mm -hmm. or you were working towards your film degree Mm -hmm. and it seems like most of your creative time at that time was was geared toward film yeah um can you talk about that shift like i mean now you're painting Oh, you're woodworking as well, but you're you're painting constantly mm-hmm. and resining things, and um, it's a different medium, much more much more physical and less well film. <laughs> 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 can you can you talk about or digital? I guess is what I should have said. Um, can you talk about what like what that shift looked like and why it happened? Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you. That's so nice of you. Um, yeah. I I first started getting into film because I knew I wanted to do something artistic for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But I thought film would be able to pay the bills mm-hmm. more than any other medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really tried to pursue that thinking I can just make art every day with film and support myself. So mm-hmm. that would be perfect. And then as I went on, I started realizing like, that's not really accurate. Right, right. <laughs> um, the industry is a different industry than 
I guess I expected it, but I still had rose-colored glasses for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just became more and more clear as time went on that the work is long mm-hmm. uh, for a minute playtime on Instagram that mm-hmm. will get 30 likes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that That art is fun. But I found much more satisfaction and instant satisfaction with painting, woodworking, and resining without having to sit at a computer for hours. I also wonder with that, because some of your experience, I was thinking about reflecting on this earlier, um, and and I want to hear if you agree with this assessment, which is it seems like you you had some time where you worked in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like it, not just, I mean, now all of your stuff is, is, is DIY. Mm-hmm. You do all of the work, you have all the inspiration, you do all the, all the heavy lifting and the promotion and everything. But there was a time when you first graduated from, um, university of central Florida where you were working in the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like that experience turns you off from film quite a bit. Yeah. I would say it did. Um, I I think I was going down the road of being sick of the amount of work that such little gratification came from. Oh, interesting. And then in that job, it it really kind of turned me off from it all. Um, It was a high-stress environment for things i i didn't really understand like why why are you yelling at me about a ad that's going to be on instagram for two days right and it just which is funny that the bar industry was a less stressor (laughs) (laughs) well do you think a lot of that is the male power dynamics the fact that at your bar you're in charge you're yeah. both in charge as the general manager and in charge as the bartender. It's your fucking bar. I mean, you don't own it, but you know, you're, you're controlling the environment. Whereas when you were working in film, it was a pretty male dominated kind of scene. Do you think that that gender dynamic played any role? Uh, gender dynamic? Yes, but not quite in that way because okay. the restaurant industry is, I mean, the whole world is fucking male dominated, Right. but the restaurant industry is extremely, as male dominated as well. Um, but I think I've always been able to have an understanding of how to deal with chauvinistic assholes and mm. that's everywhere. why our relationship works. Exactly. I know exactly how to deal with you. Um, but I, I learned quickly how to deal with that in the restaurant industry of sarcasm and bitchiness. Mm-hmm. Um, with a smile and get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. But in the film industry, it was different. Like, I, c- I couldn't get away with all those things and I couldn't tell guys to fuck off like I can at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really did feel like under the thumb all the time without being able to speak my mind. I want to circle back a little bit to... Um the difference between film and painting. Cause there's something you said that, that stuck with me. And that is that idea of like, because you have one of the strongest work ethics of anyone I've ever met. 
Thank you. And so like you're never scared of work. You're never shy. You never shy away from, from effort, but it was interesting what you said earlier. And I'm not sure I've ever heard you put it that way, that the work in film, you'd put in all this work and then there'd be whole families here. You'd have minimal, um, you know, minimal return on mm-hmm. it, right? You you do all this work and it'd be a fucking thirty second Instagram post or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, is there something to the gratification of I've put in all this work, and boom, I've got this this big beautiful painting. Yeah, and with paintings, there's a a process of before it's completely finished, I'm still liking how it's looking. Oh, uh-huh. um with with the f- initial sketch i like it or else i wouldn't move forward um of course there's always that time in the middle of a painting that you go i fucking hate this i should just burn this whole canvas and mm. this house along with it but no, please don't do that I don't no think we have insurance is all that good that's fine um but uh, the, that whole process of watching that happen is really fun. Like I take pictures along the way so I can see where I've been and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, but with film, you can try to, I would try to make you watch like two seconds of something that took me five hours to do. <laughs> you're like, look how this looks. It's amazing. And you're yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. You know? What? Wait, that's how bad I was at it. Oh, you were terrible at it. Still are. Uh, <laughs> no. So it's just, it's much more gratifying throughout the process of it. I would say. What? Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, but can you walk people through that process? Because I, you know, I get to see it every day, and it's really inspiring to me. And it makes me want to create. But when you're from from like idea to finished product, can you kind of walk us through what your process looks like? You have your art show coming up um, at the Hammered Lamb here in Orlando on the twelfth and of March. Um, there's a theme to it for sure. And mm-hmm. your last show had a theme as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so are those themes coming to you and then you're riding that current? Do you see the greater vision, uh, before you start to, to sort of create this collection of paintings? What does your process look like from, I got an idea to, I have finished products. I never have a plan. Okay. So I, I definitely didn't think this was was going to be the end result. Um, but nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> hey, leave it, baby. Mom's on a podcast. First time caller. First time listener. Uh, yeah, right. I make her listen to every episode. Oh, God. It's yeah. like uh, Clockwork Orange with listening. Yes, my relationship with nonsense is much as greatly influenced by a clockwork orange. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get arrested for that. That's a joke. <laughs> Just in case anybody's It'll not clear. Wrap her down and really listen. Don't want to. Anyway. Um so what was your question? <laughs> you we were talking about your process. Oh yeah, okay. So I you have I have no plan. Vision. I have no greater vision. Okay. Um I really enjoy how things will just turn into itself of riding that creative wave. Um, oh, okay. I started 
so the the theme of this show is it's called Dressed in Marble because I have been creating like marbled skin tones, um, like as for for the skin tones of the portraits of women that I've been doing. Um, so it's going to be about thirteen to fourteen different paintings of canvas um, with acrylic, mm-hmm. but uh, just that I started doing this marble painting for my furniture and then I just thought it looked really cool as like a skin tone and I could mix six different skin tones plus a random color in there and it still looked like it could be shadows and it could be this marbleized version of every race you could want to paint. (laughs) So beautiful. When you, where do your ideas come from for the particular paintings or the, or, and all of these are, are women. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? Um, they, it comes from all over the place. Sometimes in magazines, I'll see something and it will inspire me. Um, sometimes I'll really just want a certain pose. Like there are a couple that are just modeled from my own self. Cause mm-hmm. I just thought I really want to paint this specific angle of a body or this specific pose and you can't find that through google images sometimes well, not everybody's <laughs> as hot as you oh yeah it's definitely all about my rack <laughs> um <laughs> so it, uh, some of the time it's just being inspired by the female form right um other times instagram uh or oh, cool. magazines mm. or yeah, it seems like I've gotten a lot of inspiration from hair magazines, like sitting at a barbershop, or I guess a salon is what they call mine. Um, <laughs> who needs labels for who needs, that uh, shit? <laughs> but looking through those magazines and like high fashion kind of magazines. What um, What is it? I don't know if it's even possible to describe this, but what is it about the female form that is so inspiring to you? I don't know. It's just really beautiful. Um, I I really enjoy shadows, like paint or trying to paint the shadows because um, just muscle structures and the softness of skin. Oh, that sounds like a serial killer. Um, the way it feels when you drape it over your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's really nice. <laughs> no, just like the the weird shadows behind muscles and bones is just fascinating to me. And beautiful at the same time. No, it doesn't sound at all like a serial killer. I mean, we do have a crawl space. <laughs> There's a reason why I don't go down there. <laughs> we met um, because you were singing in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, uh, your relationship with music is is interesting on a lot of levels. Um, what like that outlet you've tapped back into recently, but you went a long time without it. Yeah. Um, what did it take for you to get back into it? Um, Amanda Palmer mm. has always been a huge inspiration for a lot of things, but I just love singing her shit. So, like, getting back into her a lot, mm-hmm. like, I like I was when I was in high school, right? Um, 
kind of lit that spark up again where I thought I want I want to sing again because singing her songs are so much fun yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and well and you crush it too that's thank you that's one of the things that uh, about it's something about I mean and part of it's probably just that you've you've sang her music for so long mm-hmm. that there's probably, you know, you've gotten really, really good at it and um, you have an incredible voice anyway, but like her, what she does obviously taps into something for you. Yeah. What do you think that is? Uh, 2004 me. No. <laughs> well, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. The, the anger, the excitement, mm. the, um, the, the humor, mm-hmm. um, the Broadway style, <laughs> just mm. like so, so many things that I have felt that have described me mm-hmm. is in her music. And it's been a part of my life for so many chapters of my life mm-hmm. that it's easy to, to sing a song and be transported back to 2007. I find it interesting that you mentioned anger because I think with you, I think everybody who knows you would say that you're like, you project an unflappable demeanor. You, you never get angry publicly at least. I mean, I've seen you, you know, vent a little bit, but even, but you're getting angry is very different from my getting angry. Like right. me right off the phone with my um, student loan servicer or, uh, the one time that the people wouldn't treat you when I when you needed medical care yeah. and those motherfuckers wouldn't treat you and I thought I was gonna get arrested. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't get angry very often, but it looks way different than when it does with you. You're you're really even keel most of the time. So are you suppressing that anger? Is it gonna am I gonna end up in the crawl space? Oh no, that's just marijuana. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in like horoscopes and stuff, but I am a cancer and the more yeah, you I, are. I'm such me, a cancer, that. it's like herpes. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> um, but the more I look into it, the more I am, uh, kind of, I'm not an angry soul, but I, I express it in ways through music and art and, mm-hmm. um, you can scroll through my sketch journal and see all uh, my true. emotions that I've been having um, in a weird diary sort of way. So that probably. Do you think there's anything to the idea that, um, and you know, this is kind of personal, so if you want to cut it out, I can always edit it, but um, you are dyslexic and mm-hmm. language is not something that you process in the same way that you process colors and sounds and other things. Do you think maybe that's part of it? It's, I mean, you're you're very eloquent, but still that's not your preferred way of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, it, I keep saying, um, I'm trying not to. Please don't worry about that. And that's an interesting, that's a whole separate conversation, but I love the fact that, if someone say says you know or um or like, uh, I just leave it in because that's that's an authentic representation of the conversation that we're having. Well, I would like you to cut out every, every single time um. I say um. Well, I'm doing my fancy new recording. If this is actually recording, Even, 
And so that may be a... Even um, just the vowel U, if you could cut out every, every U? time I say the vowel. You just want me to cut out U, and this is just me having a conversation with myself? Oh, yeah, if you could do that. Uh, so the people people are here for that. <laughs> do you think the way that you process, do you think you just projected that you don't want to talk about language? <laughs> but Did you think you just used humor as a deflection? I'll answer that. Yes, you did, because you do that. Do you think that, um, um, do you think the fact that language isn't your preferred mode of communication is why you express, you don't express your anger verbally very often, that it comes out privately and in the form of, um, art in some way? Uh, kinda. Cause I, f I feel like if I were, a super into English language like you are, <laughs> I would express Prefer my, Spanish, but I like English. <laughs> yeah, English language is nice. <laughs> um, I would probably express it similar th to the way you do of writing all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I would still have the same sort of projection of anger. It would just be in a different form of art. Do you see things in images? Yeah, and like shapes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But like your first drawing class you ever take, they teach you to look at things as shapes mm -hmm. and once you start that it's really hard to turn it off and mm. you don't want to turn it off sometimes like, yeah that's fun. probably a good thing right because yeah. i was thinking when we were playing um last night we had a couple drinks and we were playing some music together and it was super fun and you were playing your ukulele and i was playing my guitar and we were doing some covers and um i was thinking about the fact that like guitar I've done it long enough that the rudimentary stuff that I do for my songs and for the songs that I play, uh, I can handle it. Uh, but we were talking about this the other day, how like I don't, and I talk about this on the show too, I guess a lot, but I don't necessarily naturally consume, um, excuse me, process music in, uh, in that way of immediately understanding melody rhythm. I do, mm -hmm. but not, but not melody and not um, I, I just fuck up chord changes all the time when I'm trying to learn something or, or play something without looking directly at it. Mm -hmm. And that made me think about how I process things because I process things very much in language. Right. Yeah. So like if I understand your question correctly, it's like, does my brain picture pictures rather than language yeah like, like substituted almost if you're having a conversation with somebody are you picturing picturing the scenario rather than like hearing the words in oh the way? yeah for sure you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely my my imagination is picturing it the whole time rather than the i mean i i think that's why i uh, that's what I appreciate about appreciate about you, is that when we oh. <laughs> she appreciates oh, me. That was my squirrely Dan impression. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? I do now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't catch it. Um, is the communicating for me can be difficult because I am picturing the things that I want to say. Yeah. Rather than 
saying the things that I want to say. Right. And you are able to get in my mind and understand what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. It's difficult for me to communicate with uh, a large amount of people uh, because they don't see what I see and I have a hard time explaining what I see. Why do you think it, and I don't mean this to be me. I mean, we could think of a handful of friends off the top of my head of yours um, or your mother, for example, who, who can connect in that way with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any idea or any sense of why some of us, weird clicking that way yeah is that because we're just fucked up yeah um i don't know i think imagination has a lot to do with it yeah and humor like right if people don't understand my humor they have a hard time with me (laughs) yeah that is very true um so yeah imagination and humor probably have a large play in it i just don't like people that aren't imaginative and aren't humorous they're often <laughs> difficult to be around they suck i try i try to think of it differently just just because of what i do all the time just the the work that i do in public service is like i have to approach everybody as potentially being imaginative and mm. and mm-hmm. having a good sense of humor um but you know you have the the blissful position of not having to do that no <laughs> Fuck those motherfuckers. Just, unimaginative assholes. Yeah. <laughs> just walk away. Do you ever find yourself... When I, what, what I observe of you is that you get up and, you know, you got your morning routine um, and you kind of... You really ease into your day. I do. I am not a morning person. You're not a morning person. You're, you don't get up till late in large part because you stay up late because you're working late. Right. But your days are filled with creating, especially right now with your art show coming up. But, but still your days are as long as I've known you, you've been working on some project constantly. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find yourself creatively blocked? Yeah. And that's when I moved to a different, uh, medium. Uh. Um, there are so many days like yesterday that I don't want to paint. And so it's really nice to just go, okay, well then I'm going to make a cheese board or a frame mm-hmm. or any number of things, paint a fucking light switch cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so That'd I guess cool. that would still be painting technically, but it's different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's days where I don't want to do certain things and I just move on to the next thing. And that scratches my itch. I mean, I have to create every day mm-hmm. or else I just am so depressed. Mm. Uh, I wasn't, I'm glad you brought it up because that's what I was going to say is that the only time I've ever seen you not create, and it's very rare, it's just when you're really going through it yeah. depression-wise. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a double-edged sword where I don't want to create because I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. And then anything I do create, I feel like is the absolute worst. Right. How do you get through that? Because we all feel that. Uh, everybody who ha- who does anything creative, I think everybody who does something, everything creative, anything creative, except maybe some sort of like um, narcissistic creative. Do those exist? I'm not oh, sure. for sure. You think? You oh think like yeah. Megalomaniac met- kind of. Oh yeah. You like meet a, so like many a artists. Creative. You meet so. 
Like, just scroll Instagram for some artists that think they're amazing and they're not. <laughs> I'm happy for them. I'm glad they could be so happy with their shitty art. No. <laughs> well, I was going to go somewhere else, but now that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting line of conversation. How do you balance that, right? So the, the idea that there are times when you create something where you feel as though maybe it's not very good because you're going through a depression or maybe you're not on top of your game even, right? Yeah. Maybe you're not doing your best work. Um, and the critic in you who looks at somebody else's and goes, uh, <laughs> this, this fucking this dodo over here. Mm-hmm. I say um, dodo a lot. How do you, how do you balance that? Um, how do you balance that? Like, are, cause it almost feels sort of hypocritical to some extent oh right? absolutely to judge somebody else's art yeah. and not want your own to be judged right it's completely hypocritical <laughs> uh. <laughs> but you don't feel that way also i sorry I'm, I'm now i feel like i'm just answering for you but you always are you are seeking feedback mm, mm-hmm. that's something you crave so much i so badly crave feedback all the time like a fucking millennial right. um no, the, to get past my own critic in my head, I don't know if I ever do actually get mm. past it. Mm. I look at my own art all the time and know that I am just as bad as that Instagram artist that I make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of you. It's a lot of friends. Mm. Um, there are certain friends that I send. Oh, I guess there's one friend. My friend Nick, I send mm-hmm. pictures of process along the way and he's very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very supportive when you see come home and you see progress. Mm-hmm. So that I just have to turn off my own hypocritical <laughs> judgmental brain of myself mm-hmm. and really only listen to the positive people. And that that is the hardest thing, right? Oh, it's, it's extremely hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like you get all this positive reinforcement, and then the one time that your your own brain goes, "This is shit," then you can't forget that one moment that you said it was shit, mm-hmm. which is stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's parts of every painting, or there's a step of every painting where I go, "This is shit," yeah. and still, when it's finished, sometimes I will see it as the shitty part and can't look past the fact that it's finished and it looks better than it did before. That's so crazy what our brains do there. It's so crazy. Cause also that is the beauty of the whole thing is the process. Mm-hmm. That's the whole, it, it, that is your therapy. Oh, entirely. Like you look into any of the faces of the women I just painted for this show mm-hmm. and you can see what I was going through in that, time it took me to paint that i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's the most sympathetic mirror that you could ask for Mm. what are you most proud of creatively nonsense no Ah. Uh, no most proud of creatively um I don't know. That's a tough question. Like what medium or like what piece intentionally in left it open. Yeah, intentionally left it open, but it could be it could be a particular piece that you feel like you really nailed whatever you were trying to do or like it came in a moment that was especially impactful or it could be 
that um, you're most proud of a um, a particular uh, style or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there, are, there are a few that I'm more proud of than others. So I guess I could answer it in that way. Um, the I painted our pocket door with oh, like, yeah. a, like a femme fatale. Yeah, it's badass. Spy girl. Um, it leaves it leaves such an impression on people too. Yeah, it scares the shit out of people. It's great. <laughs> it's badass. Looks like there's a intruder in the house when you come <laughs> home late at night. Um, I'm proud of that one. There's a there's a few pieces that will be in my show. Um, that I'm pretty proud of. I wish I could name them so I could tell you like this one and this one and marbled skin tone number three, but I don't have names for them yet. Well, thankfully I put that out on Twitter and um, <laughs> Mark came up through came through with like some awesome suggestions. Oh hell yeah! And I put them on post-it notes and I stuck them next to the paintings. Oh hell and yeah! And then they fell. And then I put them back up and they fell. And so nonsense probably ran off with them, but thankfully we have the internet. So. Oh good. I appreciate that, Mark. Plus, Mark has an amazing memory, so he, he would probably wow. come through. But yeah, he he was inspired by the the purple tones and the uh, overall, and so he used like alliteration to um to to name all of them, and they were I thought they were really cool names. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. I look forward <laughs> to hearing those. Thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, I do use purple a lot. Lots of purples, lots of reds. Um, I'm very passionate about the the darker tones of colors mm-hmm. uh so yeah uh i'm proud of some of them more than others <laughs> <laughs> well there's so yeah again i wish i did have them all named because there are some in this show that i'm i like them all but there's some that are just really standout pieces like the um not just because there are boobies in it but the one with the boobies yeah, I mean, I could tell you the names that I put down on my to-do list because I'm a huge to-do list person. So let's see, we got boobies, French, <laughs> collarbones, striped skirt, resin, uh, Germans, <laughs> um, <laughs> what am I? Oh, thumb. What am, what am I missing? I don't know why you're asking for <laughs> help naming these. You, those are obviously the names of these paintings. Yeah. Germans for sure. Germans for sure. 100%. <laughs> Thumb, no question. Thumbed it. Thumb's going to stick. Thumbs, thumbs up the thumbed. Yeah, tack that one up. Yeah, so Germans isn't done yet, but when it's done, I think it's going to be really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of boobies. I'm proud of Germans so far. Proud of boobies. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also proud of French. French is a good one. Yeah, French, <laughs> French is a good one. And <laughs> a perfect name. <laughs> what um, you... Art-wise, um, obviously you create in all these different ways. You're a singer and uh, ukulele player, player of ukulele. Ukuleist. You used to play a lot of guitar in your band, The Killer Penguins. <laughs> yeah. um, you make films, not as much anymore, but you have you have all these different creative outlets. What kind of what is the art that 
is inspiring you at the moment? Woodworking. Hmm. Yeah. Since we bought the house and I have the garage, mm-hmm. woodworking has just been so much fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to get better at sculpting and mm. pottery. So that will probably be some sort of avenue in the future. Just a heads up. Look out for that. All right. Uh, but hey, I didn't need my studio space anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know where this story's going. Yeah, I've taken over. <laughs> uh, but woodworking is funny because you this is can, the last episode of the marinade, everybody. This is it. And then now in the background, you're gonna hear a wheel constantly just rolling. <laughs> uh, no, but woodworking is a way to uh, sculpt something without the clay. It's a different sort of sculpting. Mm. And so far, I've found it more practical. Mm. I can use everything that I make. Paintings are beautiful. They hang on the wall. Woodworking and resin work, I can use all this stuff. And Uh. if somebody doesn't want to buy it, that's fine. I'll use it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And we have pieces all over the place. These coasters that we're using, which I can't believe haven't sold, but because they're just so dope and chrisosborne.com everybody if you want to buy them <laughs> um but uh seriously uh, the tables like are um i mean you kind of quit trying to sell those but still yeah they're those, too useful yeah they're so wonderful our, our nightstands were made by you and they're wonderful what about um so that makes a lot of sense that, that that's what would be most inspiring because that comes that circles back to the point you were making about how with visual art you see the result right away mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what about other things um films you've seen recently that really fire you up tv music you've been listening to yeah what am i getting down on is that what you're asking that's me? what i'm asking like, don't I've act like you listen listened to the show, to the show before <laughs> uh, i told you i listened to two episodes I know. um I'm glad that Emily Wolf's really interesting and Hannah Harper's really interesting. Just women flipping off cameras <laughs> gets us both. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, no, I uh, The Outsiders on HBO. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. It's a f- it's a fun, spooky fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, two funs. Let's wait. No. What? The Outsider. Yeah. <laughs> Outsiders is the, of the, the teen, 1980s novel. In the 1900s. In the 1900s. Yes. <laughs> That's in the 1900s, the, they had the Outsiders. The, the Outsiders is from way back in the <laughs> 1900s. But here in the year 2000, we... Uh, in the year 2000. 2000. We have... What's the out? The it's outsider. called The Outsider. I'm Googling it right now okay. to make sure. The Outsider on yeah. HBO. I've been it watching is that. Dope. Stephen um, King. That's pretty fun. Other than that, I'm really, uh, speaking of HBO, I've always really been into that show, High Maintenance. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just came out with their next season. And it's funny because they had. Uh, what's that guy's name? I'm terrible with names, as you know mm-hmm. too well. Uh, he does the. I have this to remind you at least twice a week what mine is. Well, it's because you, you fucking change 
Uh, no, what's the what's the guy's name that does uh, This American Life? Ira Glass. Ira Glass, yeah. Uh, so he was on one of the episodes of High Maintenance. Oh, wow. And I loved it because that's that really is what High Maintenance is, is it's a This American Life of weed smokers. Oh, interesting. So I, I saw that comparison and I was like, maybe that's why I love this show so much. Yeah. It's weed smokers. Yeah, <laughs> you do listen to a shitload of This American Life. I do. And you I, listen I to listen a lot, lot of, of uh, a lot of podcasts. What are the other ones that you've been fired up about? Uh, Comedy Bang Bang is yeah. always so good up there. Um, I've been diving deep. Uh, Hidden Brain, mm-hmm. I love. Um, fascinating little stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Radio Lab is probably. And then if I'm trying to go to sleep, Sleep with Me podcast. Mm-hmm. That shit works <laughs> sleep with me podcast guy mm-hmm. if you want to support the marinade mm. with jason earl mm-hmm. i am, i'm all for it we should yeah uh sleep with me podcast guy we should um contribute to each other's patreons and just cancel each other out yeah i was gonna say i shouldn't promote a different person's patreon mm-hmm. but uh sleep with me podcast is mm-hmm. great if you yeah. if you need to sleep right i'll contribute to you you contribute to me <laughs> You rub my feet, I'll rub yours. It's kind of like when you tip me at my bar. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you don't need to tip me. It's, yeah, I quit doing it, that a while it ago. It will just become one thing. <laughs> <laughs> my love, this has been such a pleasure. I am so excited for your art show, March 12th at the Hammered Lamb. Um, this, I am every day completely blown away by your grace and your intelligence um, the the work ethic that you display both in your day job and in your relationship with me and your and your friends and your family and then what you put into your art um, this is one of the true honors um, for me and I'm so thankful thank you this has been a lot of fun good I'm glad now let's go eat I was nervous and I hope you can hear it. You sounded so dumb the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. I've been told to raise my eyebrows when I'm talking and it sounds more feminine. Every <laughs> First of all, I want to clarify, I did not say that for anybody listening. Oh, no, no, no. It was not you. It's been my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? It's a thing. Oh, my God. Um... I've heard smiling. I always smile when I do intros and stuff. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. uh, raising the eyebrows. But I'm genuinely happy when I'm doing it. Makes it a little more sharp and a little less flat. <laughs> and sane. Chris Osborne, y'all. Thank you so much, Chris. I love you. You're incredible. You're the most incredible person I know. And I'm so proud of you. I cannot wait for your art show. March 12th for everybody listening. If you can make it, that would be amazing to see everybody out there. At the Hammered Lamb here in Orlando, if you can't make it, remember chrisosborne.com. You can find all things Chris. You can order stuff that she's created. Um, You can also just go straight to her Etsy store to find her functional art. That's etsy.com slash shop slash real artistic, R-E-E-L artistic. And then um, follow her on social media. She's a great follow on Instagram. She does a great job of balancing uh, adorable pictures of our dog with uh, pictures of her creative process. So follow her over there. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. This was a blast. This was so much fun to uh, to record and to edit and to write for. I'm just 
really honored that I have such an incredible person in my life and that I'm able to uh, to sit down with her and talk about her process. And, you know, it, it's fun because we talk about this kind of thing a lot, but it's a lot different when you're interviewing somebody, you know? So that was a really cool challenge for me. And it was a really cool challenge for me to, to put this whole thing together, um, being that I'm so close to her and I, you know, I, I'm so impressed with her and I love her so much. So um, really a cool learning experience and uh, an exciting time for me. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. There's a lot of music that I've been listening to recently that has me fired up. Um, Eden Archer's record, Journey Proud, I highly recommend. Eden's going to be playing Gasparilla Music Festival um, this coming Saturday, March 7th. And if if you're anywhere near, if you're listening to this in anywhere near Tampa, you probably already attend GMF. If you're not, and... And honestly, even if you're not from Tampa or from Florida or don't live here, it's worth a destination trip. Brandy Carlisle is the headliner this year. It's always an incredible festival. And, um, you know, there's always somebody that I've never heard of that plays a noon set that just blows everybody away. Uh, I saw Margot Price back when she was um, uh, Margo and the price tags was what they called themselves at noon. <laughs> Not that long ago, you know, 2015, I think, um, cause she just had like a meteoric rise cause she's so damn good. Uh, Kelsey Walden, our good friend, Kelsey Walden, who's been on the show, uh, also a noon set, very similar kind of experience. And y'all know Kelsey now, uh, Eden Archer may very well be that next person. Um, she's got a few records out. This most recent one, Journey Proud, came out last year, and it's just outstanding. Also, Curtis Harding. I don't know how this guy has escaped me. Uh, soul singer, just really fantastic. I'm going to try to catch up with him at Gasparilla as well. I've been listening to his music and devouring it. And then um, Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson uh, and I recorded an episode of The Marinade just a few days ago. I'm so excited for um, for that episode to come out, and uh, her records are great, y'all. So if you haven't checked her out, check her out, and shout out to Patty Patron for uh, the heads up on Jade. I wasn't even really familiar with her, and then I ran into Patty and her husband um, at uh, the Shovels and Rope show, and uh, they mentioned that Jade was opening for Lucero, so I, I just did a real deep dive into her music, and um it's great. And then she's so fascinating. I can't wait for y'all to hear that conversation. Also, I got to sit down with Ben Nichols of Lucero. Um, been a huge Lucero fan for so many years. And um, so as a result of that process, of course, I was doing research. And when um, when their most recent record, Among the Ghosts, came out, I, you know, I loved it. I really did. But it wasn't... Usually I get obsessed with their records. And for whatever reason, I wasn't obsessed with that record. And I think as I look back on it, it just came out at a time when a bunch of other stuff was coming out and it kind of got buried in my mind. Um, So, you know, I listened to it, but I didn't obsessively listen to it. Well, this this whole process has allowed me to obsessively listen to it. And uh, I got to ask him some really interesting questions I, I think about the the process and he opened up so much like he talked about the the title track for example and where the idea came from and then 
that led to this whole tangent about ghosts and just it's a it's a great conversation and as you would expect you know that ben nichols would be a fascinating conversation but i can't wait for that one to come out either so much great stuff y'all eden archer curtis harding uh jay jackson and and lucero those are the four that i've just been spinning pretty constantly right now y'all thank you so much again until next time go out and create something cheers y'all